Hello, welcome to Origin Gates daily podcast called Wisdom's Echo. I'm Jessica Wright from Gates of Zion, sharing an insight of the day with you. I want to talk today about hope and how powerful hope is and how hope can be for you. You were born with hope. I was born with hope. Don't miss out on the secret of hope. It is not weak. Sometimes I feel like it's viewed as lesser than faith, and they work together. Hope and faith work together. Hope is a being. There, um, I want to look at the Eber definition of hope, and what I mean by that is the living letters, the Hebrew letters, and what hope translates in that and what the letters want to say they're living they're moving then that means that it's always changing and it's full of life so the definition the eber definition of hope is the finishing connection of heaven and earth lassoing time in the way that it needs to finish i think that is so awesome i'm going to read that again the finishing connection of heaven and earth lassoing time in the way that it needs to finish. That is hope. I mean, how powerful is that? In Proverbs chapter 13, verse 12, it says, Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a dream fulfilled is a tree of life. And I kind of, I don't know, like hope deferred. That's like hopelessness. You know, and it makes me think deferred. It means out of position. You know, which dimension are you living in? You know, are you living um, in a place where there is hopelessness? You know, are you or are you coming up here to where Yahweh is in the ascended place and living an ascended life being full of hope? We need to make no room for hopelessness. To see them make sure that we are positioned correctly and where we are supposed to be in Yahweh. Because hope is powerful. Hope is the key to faith that moves the mountains. Yes, I've been given a measure of faith. And if I let hope abound, faith will rise. They work hand in hand. Hope and faith. I want to read... Romans chapter 4, verse 16. I just thought it was so um, powerful to rehearse um, how Abraham had to have hope and how he needed hope as a being in his life that connected to faith for him to become a father to many nations. Romans chapter 4, verse 16. So the promise is received by faith. It is given as a free gift, and we are all certain to receive it, whether or not we live according to the law of Moses, if we have faith like Abraham's. For Abraham is the father of all who believe. Believing is powerful. We have to choose to believe. You know, you can choose whether you want to believe or not, and that leads to hope, which leads to faith, which leads to Yahweh's promises coming to pass. All right, verse 17, it says, That is what the scriptures mean when Yahweh told him, I have made you the father of many nations. This happened because Abraham believed in the God 
who brings the dead back to life and who creates new things out of nothing. Come on. Verse 18. Even when there was no reason for hope, Abraham kept hoping. Even in your life, if you feel in whatever situation it is that you're facing, if you feel maybe there is no reason for hope in this situation, just keep hoping and keep believing because Yahweh is for you. Yes, Abraham kept hoping, believing that he would become the father of many nations. For Yahweh had said to him, that's how many descendants you will have. And Yahweh, his word is true and it stands strong. And Abraham's faith did not weaken, even though at about 100 years of age, he figured his body was as good as dead. <laughs> and so was Sarah's womb. Abraham never wavered in believing Yahweh's promise. In fact, his faith grew stronger, and in this, he brought glory to Yahweh. He was fully convinced that Yahweh is able to do whatever he promises, which is true. You have to be fully convinced that Yahweh will do what he promises because he's a faithful God. No matter what it looks like, have hope. Do not let hopelessness abound. Let hope abound. Let faith abound. And verse 23 says, And when Yahweh counted him as righteous, it wasn't just for Abraham's benefit. It was recorded for our benefit also. So let's read again about hope. The Eber definition again is the finishing connection of heaven and earth, lassoing time in the way that it needs to finish. I want to share with you something very pivotal and personal that happened to me in my life. About six years ago, my mother-in-law and my sister-in-law had a dream on the same night. Um, well, one had a dream and one had a vision that my husband and I had another son. Now, six years ago, we had a son and a daughter, and that was good. We had a boy, a girl, our hands were full, and we felt like we were finished. We weren't having any more children, and we were happy and thankful for what Yahweh had given us. So my mother-in-law starts telling us this dream that she had, that we had another son. And at the same time, my sister-in-law is like, I had the same dream on the same night that we had another son, which freaked me out because... I'm going to be honest, I am not very good pregnant. I am always very sick. It's just really dramatic. I end up with C-sections. You know, it's just not, it's never been like the perfect scenario uh, physically for me being pregnant. And although the results are very, very rewarding, and I love my babies, my children. So when they said it, Trey and I, my husband and I both were like, yeah, no, I don't that does not bear witness with us. So thank you very much. And but it scared me a little bit because I first off, my mother-in-law and my sister-in-law are very prophetic. And my mother-in-law especially about babies. She just has this special gift of seeing um, different ones. Like she'll see somebody that they're going to be pregnant at a certain time. She saw before my first child was born. She saw him before 
our daughter was born, she saw her and like the timing of it and everything, but she didn't tell me and uh, until, you know, later. And um, she just has a gift in that. So I knew that. And that made me nervous because in my mind, I was done. We weren't having any more children. And the same for my husband. He felt that we were finished also. And uh, a couple years after that, okay, so two years, we held strong to that. And we really believed, okay, that's where we are finished. No more, no more children. And two years after it, the same like time, at the same time, we were on, it was during the summer and our son, he plays baseball. So we were traveling with his baseball team and I had been having dreams about a little boy and I knew it was our, our son. And my husband had been having the same dream. So we believed, we actually, I was so nervous to have the conversation with him because I was like, he's going to freak out because in our minds we are finished, but we really weren't. So I told him and he had been having the same dreams about our future son. So that was in the summer. And by fall, we made an announcement to the church and to everyone. No one knew that that. Yahweh had put that in our heart. So it was a huge surprise. Our daughter had been praying forever. She would tell her teacher at school, my mommy's going to have a baby, but I was not going to have a baby. Like that was when she was, you know, in kindergarten and her teacher would be like, I'm so excited for you guys. And I'm like, no, I am not having a baby. But she believed she had hope that child had faith and her prayers went straight to heaven. And Yahweh heard them very loud and very clear, and she still talks about that to this day. So we surprised the children. We told them, and so many family members, we videoed it all. It was like a huge deal um, that we were going to have a baby. We announced it at church, and everyone was freaking out because, again, everyone knew that we had said we weren't having any more children, and here we are, pregnant. We're going to have a baby. We announced it to everyone, and you know, online, on social media, like the whole world knows. And about three days later, I end up having a miscarriage, which I had never experienced before. My, uh, I know many that have had that. And um, my sister-in-law, she delivered their first child, and their first child only lived for five hours. And it was heart-wrenching, like, experiencing that with them, with with my first niece on this side of the family. And um, it was hard when the miscarriage happened. Um, it was confusing to me. I felt a little bit hopeless. It was hard because I we had to tell our children something. We had to tell them what was going on. We had to announce again, that we were not having a baby. And it hurt deep. And it opened my eyes to some hurt that so many people go through. Because that was never an issue for me. And so then I felt a little hopeless. Like, what in the world? Yahweh, you gave us this dream. And then I felt like it just got ripped away. And I'm so confused. And so I had to find my hope again. You know, hope had to come inside of me again to believe, to have faith for Yahweh's word that he had for us and for our future son. And later, 
around February, we were able to announce that we were having a baby. And in March, we went to find out if it was a boy or girl. And we just, you know, my husband had been having dreams, had a dream about a little girl. And I was like, I thought we were supposed to have a son. Like we already had the name and everything. But I'm like, you know what? Whatever Yahweh wants, we're here for it, you know. And we went to find out what we were having. And it was a little boy. In the ultrasound, he was dancing and making a scene. He was just, it was for sure that he was a little boy. And I remember getting into the elevator with my husband after, and I just burst into tears because, you know, I was like, I was prepared either way, boy or girl. I was just so excited that we were having our promise. And, but I burst into tears because I was scared to admit it, but I knew in my heart that this was supposed to be a little boy. And I knew that his name was supposed to be Zaid. We had named him back in the fall of that year, and it was just a word to us, what Yahweh had brought to us, the hope that he had brought to us, and we held on to that hope. Zaid, short for Zadok. And I tell you what, he is, he'll be three this year, and our oldest will be 13. So we'll have a 13-year-old, 11-year-old, and a three-year-old. So send your prayers. But uh, no, it's great. But the three-year-old, he is full of fire. And we can't even imagine what our life would have been without him. And he is a symbol of Yahweh's promise and of his hope and of his faithfulness. So I encourage you today, if there's something that Yahweh has put inside of your heart, don't let that hope be deferred that's inside of you. You position and you align yourself with Yahweh and what He has for you, and you stand there in hope, and you do not let it go. You bring the shin, the sinking of the teeth. You sink your teeth into that and believe with hope that becomes faith that moves the mountains and it produces that tree of life that it's talking about in Proverbs. Thank you for joining me today and I bring honor and blessings over Ian, Grant, and Marios for having me a part of this. I'm so honored. I bring honor and blessings over you as you listen to this and you go forth in hope and peace. Shalom.